Hallelujah. We started a, a new uh, lesson last night, thank you, last week, uh, that we uh, entitled the I Am Statements of Jesus. And uh, there in, in, in the Gospel of John, there are several places that Jesus used that phrase, I am. And uh, we talked about that last week, and what he was actually doing uh, in that statement, he was claiming to be God. Uh, and uh, this is what we're going to be talking about, who Jesus is, the seven I am sayings of Jesus. And uh, last week we laid a foundation and a framework uh, for this, and we're going to begin, and uh, I'm not going to be able to finish all of this one tonight. I didn't even give you everything that goes with this lesson. I'll give you some more to this next week. But um, we're going we're gonna to talk tonight, begin talking, about the statement he said, I am the bread of life. Hallelujah. And uh, if you noticed in your handout there, uh, the book of John, chapter 6, and verse 35, and Jesus said, uh, said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, nothing satisfies like Jesus. Hallelujah. Nothing satisfies like the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, Brother uh, Deacon Douglas there, I, uh, I, I believe there may be, there, there was a time in a few years uh, in his life that uh, he got some satisfaction out of, uh, out of uh, the casinos. I, I never will for, uh, forget he came to church one time after going uh, going north up there, he said uh, that's the first time that he had uh, he'd been up in that particular area, not to be going to a casino, but he went up there to be in church services. You remember? <laughs> Amen. Um, you know, sometimes we can um, we can we can bite into something, and we might think so. Well, you know, that's good. And it might be good to you until you bite into something that tastes a lot better. Amen. And uh, the scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Let's just go through and see how far we will get tonight. Each of the I am statements represent a particular relationship of Jesus to our spiritual needs. Jesus is the light in darkness. He is the gate. To security, he is the shepherd that guides and cares for us. In every I am statement, Jesus reveals another aspect of his love and care of us. Today, he is the bread that satisfies and gives life eternal. Hallelujah. 
you can sit down and uh, no matter what you prefer, if it's, a, if it's a juicy steak or if it's seafood or whatever, uh, I mean, now, I'm, I'm, just, I'm uh, just a country boy-minded, and I can, I can make, a, make a meal out of fried skillet corn and fresh tomatoes. And that will satisfy me as much as anything. Hallelujah. But none of those things will give me eternal life. Now, the bread of Jesus, sister, will give us eternal life. It will cause us to live forever and ever. Now, let's go back into her handout here. Jesus is trying to explain here in John's gospel that what bread is to the stomach, he is to the soul. Hallelujah. Think about that. I mean, what bread is to your stomach, Jesus is the same thing to the soul. Uh, you can look at some of us, and me included. You can tell that uh, I, I feed self pretty good. Amen. But we need to make sure that we feed the spiritual man as well. Our spiritual man ought to be fatter than our natural man. Amen. Glory to God. All of us in life struggle to find meaning, purpose, and worth. That is because God created us to be in relationship with him, not because of sin uh, uh, with him. We're, he created us, excuse me, in relationship with him, but because of sin we are separated. <clears throat> the Bible says our sins have separated us from God. We are not living the life created us. Uh, we are not living the life he created us to live. It was St. Augustine who noted that every single person has within them a God-shaped vacuum in their soul. Hallelujah. Only God can fill it. Only God can fill it. Every, everyone has that. We can, do, we can and do attempt to fill that cavity with a host of other things. But finally, nothing fills our hunger for purpose and significance except Jesus. You will never be truly content in life without him. And only the bread from heaven will satisfy the yearning of your hungry soul. Praise the name of Jesus. A lot of this stuff that people get into is because they're searching for contentment. They're searching for peace and happiness. But only Jesus can do that. Only the bread of heaven can fulfill that. Now, our scripture reference that we're going to be reading tonight is in the sixth chapter of John. And we're going to read verses 22 through 27 uh, for this evening. On the following day, when the people who were standing on the other side of the sea saw that there was no other boat there except that one which his disciples had entered and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but his disciples had gone away alone. However, other boats came from Tiberias near the place where they ate bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, 
they also got into boats and came to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you, uh, when did you come here? Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Now, let me stop right there for a moment and tell you this. Uh, I'm going to tell you the difference between just reading the Bible and really doing a good study of the Bible. A lot of people will just sit down and read, and they'll read something, but they don't never do no thinking about what they're reading. Now, myself... On the other hand, when I read up here in, in the 35th verse of St. John, the 6th chapter, where Jesus told the people, I am the bread of life, it makes me wonder, why did Jesus say that? What made him say that at that time? Because there was a reason for everything Jesus did and said. And I always question. Why did this happen? Why was this said? When you begin to ask questions like that in your personal Bible reading, you're going to start pulling a whole lot more out from it. And this is the reason Jesus had said that. Uh, we're going to continue uh, uh, in our handout here. The context of this encounter is interesting. In the beginning of chapter 6, we read, the account of when Jesus fed the 5,000. And by the way, that was a bigger miracle, Brother Paul, than just 5,000. It was 5,000 men. And that's, that was not including the women and children that were there. I mean, it's, you stop and think about it. If there were 5,000 men... And just half of the men, and we know that there was more than likely more than half, but if just half of them were married, that would up the number by 2,500. 2, and then if, uh, if those that married just had one child, which we know back in those days they had anywhere from 10 to 12, but if they just had one, that's 5,000 more. So there was quite a bit of people here that Jesus fed. And the folks recognized how big a miracle it was. And so when they got up the next morning, Jesus wasn't there. They went looking for him. And that's when he told him, he said, you're not seeking me because of the signs. You're seeking me because you ate of the bread and were filled. You got your bellies full. That's what Jesus told them. Hallelujah. After this amazing miracle, Jesus withdrew from the crowds because he knew that they intended to come and make him a king by force. You'll find that if you want to look it up in John 6 and 15. 
During the night, Jesus walks on the water and the boat crosses the lake. The next morning, the crowd that had been fed by Jesus the night before went to Capernaum in search of him. When they find him, uh, he gives them one of the most insightful and spiritual teachings on New Testament salvation found anywhere in the four Gospels. And by the way, let me add this. In the sixth chapter of John, and please take the time this week, open up your Bibles in your own personal Bible study, because we're, we're going to be teaching more out of John chapter 6 next Wednesday night. So read, read that chapter, and you're going to find out that before Jesus taught this message about him being the bread of life, he had multitudes of people follow him. We just told you how many he fed. But, and all through the beginning, but it was at this point that the Bible says in the sixth chapter of John that many turned away and quit following him because they said, this is a hard saying. They couldn't take it when he said, I am the bread that come down from heaven, and unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you don't have no life. Even people today who are Holy Ghost filled can't understand that context. A lot of people can't. And it was at this message that Jesus taught about him being the bread of life that that's, that's where the multitudes left him. Begin, they went away. Matter of fact, if you read the sixth chapter around uh, uh, down there towards the end of it, Brother Douglas, you'll find that Jesus looked at the 12 disciples and he said, are y'all going to leave too? Look around this evening. We could come out here and open up this church house, and I could come up with one of the wildest kind of teachings and far-out mess that you could ever think of and probably fill this place up with just in a few matter of a few weeks. But, sister, people don't want to go to church where people teach the truth anymore. Hallelujah. They, don't, they, they want to go where they can get their backs padded, tickle their ears. But that, that kind of, I, I could do that, but it's not going to help you none. It's not going to help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, I, I, seen a, I seen a message on uh, faith, uh, faith, Facebook one time. This would be a good one to put up on, on a church sign. It says, Warning, too much sugar-coated preaching can cause truth decay. <laughs> Amen. That's what Brother Carl used to say is a truth in your house. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Woo-woo. Hallelujah. Too much sugar-coated preaching can cause truth decay. <laughs> Amen. Well, that's, what a, that's where a lot of them are at tonight, getting that sugar-coated stuff. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, so uh, I want to talk uh, uh, this evening, first of all, and this is the first thing that Jesus brought out before he really got down into it, about hidden motives of the heart. And when I pulled in tonight and I seen what Brother 
uh, uh, Douglas had on the sign just kind of fits to, uh, this part of the night's lesson about Jesus knowing, uh, knowing our thoughts. Uh, and uh, uh, and let, let's just talk about this for a moment. Before we deal with the declaration of Jesus being the bread of life, we must understand the buildup to that point. Jesus had provided one of man's basic human needs the very day before. And when Jesus supplied their want for food, they thought they found a gold mine. They thought, look at here. This man can take, uh, I say, what was it, five loaves and two fish, is that right? And fed all, uh, all those people? Man, we got to make him our king. That was what their most, they thought if Jesus was their king, they would never want for food again. Their focus was on the natural, not the spiritual. And this is why Jesus finally built up to that point and said, I'm the bread. Not this loaf of sunbeam over here. Hallelujah. Not this loaf, loaf of colonial bread. I'm the bread. Hallelujah. They thought if Jesus was their king, they would never want for food. They was focusing on natural things, not spiritual things. Their motives were carnal and selfish. But Jesus knew the hidden motives of their hearts. Let's go back to the second chapter of John. And uh, read verses 23 through 25. Let's see what it says. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. Why? And had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew what was in man. Jesus could have easily become king. He could have easily sat on the throne back then. And they were really, in the beginning of it, they were, they were wanting that. They were desiring that. In the beginning, many were following him. Because, hey, I mean, uh, Jesus was better than Carter Pills to the sore back. Hallelujah. Now, you've got to be a little older to remember Carter Pills. I don't know if you can buy Carter Pills anymore or not. Uh, but look at here. Here's somebody that can heal my body and feed my stomach. That's what their motive was. Natural things, all natural things. So Jesus, it said in verse 24, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of men for he knew what was in man. Hallelujah. Folks, we can't hide from Jesus who we really are. We might be able to hide it from a husband or a wife or a family member. You might hide it from a pastor, but you can't hide it from Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. He knows it all. Amen. 
He knows what you're going to say before you say it. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13 said, The Word of God is living and powerful. Now, I'm reading this from the New King James. Uh, the original says the Word of God is quick and powerful. I wanted to use this because I want you to know when it said the Word of God is quick, he, he wasn't talking about fast like running a race. <laughs> so that's not the kind of quick he would talk about the word quick back back in the 1611 uh, uh, era. Uh, uh, it, it meant alive. Hallelujah. Right. Exactly. Let's read that. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And look at this. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. My, there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Wow. Brother Douglas, that, that, that what you got on the sign just hit this right home. Hallelujah. Just hit right home. Jesus knew their desire was for the natural bread he provided not the true bread they needed. Hallelujah. Jesus' words were intended to lift the listeners from their barren, food-dominated existence to the recognition and acknowledgement of the supreme hunger of life that can only be filled with a different bread. Hallelujah. It can only be filled with a different bread. So... Uh, Jesus knew their motives. Now, what we got to do is refocus our attention. We got a lot of people in church. They still want to. They want to lean so much on natural things. I want something I can see. I can. I can touch. I can handle with my hand. And you're missing out on the the real thing. When Jesus said, I am the bread, and, and unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, there's no substitute for that. Amen. No substitute whatsoever. Hallelujah. We got to refocus our attention from natural things to spiritual. What did, what did Jesus say? We read it in the, in the beginning of our lesson in the 27th verse. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. <clears throat> Listen, church, man is so driven for the physical and natural world around him that he loses total sight of the real world which can only be approached and apprehended through Jesus Christ. The pursuits gained in this natural world won't last. Hallelujah. A lot, of, a lot of men think, if I can just make the big bucks. Amen. If I can just make the big And they pursue that. At the price of family, at the price of church, at the price of God. Amen. But Brother Paul, there's a whole lot more of this world than big bucks. 
I've, I've, worked, I've worked hard all my life ever since I left home at 17, still two months away from being 18. Daddy told me, said, well, if you, if you take it, on, take it on, on, on a wife, you're getting out there, said, you're going you're gonna to have to uh, uh, learn, learn to do it for yourself. And uh, I, I have done a little bit of everything, as the saying goes, I've been a jack of all trades and a master of none. Now, but, I, but God has taken care. I've never, I've never landed one of those jobs that I made the big bucks. But, but because our family strived to put God first, God caused it to multiply and to bless. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, a lot of the things that people pursue, they think if I can get it, you know, Lord of mercy. When I, uh, when we did get married, I, w- I was making a dollar eighty cents an hour, and in uh, about a year, something like that, I landed a job making three dollars an hour, and I says, "Oh man, I, my dreams are answered now." <laughs> but something happened. I still, I, at the end of the month, I still had more month than I had money. Because the more, the more you make, the more you're going to spend. Hallelujah. Uh, the things that people pursue, they think that, well, if I can, if I can never get that, just like when I hit that $3 an hour mark, I thought, well, it's happy days are here again. Hallelujah. But you know what? My problems didn't leave. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Man is so driven for physical and natural world around him that he loses total sight of the real world, which can only be approached and apprehended through Jesus Christ. Let's look at uh, two more scriptures, and we're going to wind up tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. We got to refocus our attention. I preached a message several years ago about looking in the wrong direction. Hallelujah. Amen. We need, we need to focus our attention on the things that really matter. Amen. The things that carry you through. Let me ask you this. How many people in this world are pursuing money, career, jobs, fame, fortune, just just one second, one second after their heart stops beating and they breathe their last, what is all, what is all that stuff going to be to them? It's not going to be. It's only the things that are not seen. Those people were desiring to make Jesus their king. 
miracles look at here. Here's somebody that can heal our bodies and feed our stomachs. Jesus, he he didn't want he did not want somebody that wanted him for what he provided. He desired to have somebody who wanted him for who he was. Hallelujah. Oh Lord. The choir used to sing and Cassie still sings that sometime we worship. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. I don't praise him tonight because I've got a blessing. I praise him because of who he is. Amen. I praise him because of who he is. That's what we need to do. Jesus didn't commit himself to those people back in that day because they wanted what he provided, not him. Now, I believe, I believe in the spiritual gifts in the church. I believe they need to be active. But a lot of people will worship the gifts, Brother Kyle, rather than the giver of the gifts. And we get off track when we do that. We get off track. So the things that you see is only temporary. It's the things you can't see that's eternal. One more scripture. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not on things on the earth. Hallelujah. Make sure we look in the right direction. We will go further in the sixth chapter next week, Lord permitting. And we're going to get down into what he was talking about. I am the bread of life. But we, we got this farther now. Anybody got a comment, a question about what we've talked about this evening?